over and over again. You, you, you can sing it by rote and not even think about what the words are. And if you don't know the words in between, you know the last words, the words that rhyme. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> ah, first fruits is one of those, time, those things like that. It's, it gets real familiar. It gets real familiar. And every year it comes around about this time. I don't know about you, but I start really thinking about it between November, December. I start thinking about it um, because I just kind of want to be as prepared as possible. Uh, but for most of us, we, we know that, that, that it comes around every year uh, around this time. I think sometimes when we're so familiar with something, it can lose its edge. It can lose its, its importance, its, its, its vitality. It can lose how essential it is to our walk of faith, especially here at Metro City Church. I don't know how many years we've been doing First Fruits. I know I've been here for all of them. How many of y'all remember Bob Seymour? He was the first person to bring, bring First Fruits to us. And uh, there have been many miracles as a result of First Fruits, but I think sometimes we just get way too familiar. So what I really want you to do in this season and today uh, I wanted to take a more practical approach to things so that um, some of you who, first of all, don't know what it is, uh, second of all, that have decided just to not do it because of whatever reasons, and then third of all, to help inspire those of us who are with it but are just a little bit too familiar with it to, to engage in it the way that it needs to happen. That cool? So it's going to be real simple, real quick, but really quick, right before I get started, if you would, please welcome a, a I need a, a, a young man come to the, to the stage, help this absolutely wonderful woman of God. She's a pillar in the house of the Lord. Y'all welcome Cecily Norwood to the stage. Would. Quick, Cecily, let's come on. She got on her red this morning. Y'all see them sequins on them sleeves? Please, sir. Thank you so much. Cecily, if you would, I'm going to hold this microphone for you, if you would. Give me just two minutes of what's going on as a result of a First Fruits testimony. We're going to have them every week. We're going to be inspiring you. And I don't want you to listen to that. That's, that's for them. That wasn't for me. <coughs> because the Lord is no respecter of persons. And so if you will listen with faith, then the Lord will do something in your heart and therefore do something in your life. That good? All right, very quickly, if you would. Okay, good morning. Uh, I am so excited today. Um, I'm not going to be long, but I just have to say, on January 3rd was the anniversary of my dad's death, and I was in the floor and decor buying flooring to redecorate his room. The Lord gave me the idea of becoming an Airbnb host. But I had no idea how difficult it was gonna be. It was, it was so hard just to get everything pulled together, but every single day, God met the need for that day. I got my first booking for Tuesday of this week. He booked for a month. I was so excited. He came in, checked in, he said, oh, the room is awesome, everything looks great. And he left in 15 minutes. About an hour later, he sent me this long text that said, please release me from my commitment. 
I had no idea of the difficulty in commuting from your place to wherever you had to go. And I was saying, oh my God, all this work we just put in. And um, so I had to release everything. I had to release him, I forgave him. And I told him, I said, I hope things go well in your future. I release you from the commitment. I've been given first fruits for men. I remember Bob Seymour. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to it every single year. I do. I would not miss this opportunity because you never know where God's going to bless you. So after I released him, my calendar opened back up on Wednesday. I got three hits for more bookings. One guy, uh, he went ahead and booked immediately. The others were asking a lot of questions, but he booked because <laughs> the calendar was still open. Sound like a good businesswoman to me. Thank you. He booked for a whole month. So God did not allow me to miss not one day because I still got paid two days for the guy that, that canceled. And the, on Thursday, the new guy showed up and he's staying for a month. And I am so excited because God just blesses me that Proverbs 3 been working in me. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's been working in me. Let kindness don't let kindness leave you. Kindness and truth, don't let it leave you. Write it on your tablets. And so I had to be kind to the guy that left. I had to forgive him. And it, it also says uh, to give unto God with all your increase and with the first of all your produce. So that word has been living in me, and I'm excited about first fruits. First fruits is the altar where I receive my answers. And I'm so excited that God him let me miss a beat. And this Airbnb is just one of the business ventures that God has blessed me with. I got new clients in my tax business. I am prospering on every side, and I'm excited by first fruits. Woo! <laughs> That's good stuff, isn't it? There's something that she said that I think you need to memorize. That good? She said, first fruits is the altar where I received answers. Come on, say that with me. First fruits is the altar where I receive answers. Come on, let's say it together. First fruits is the altar where, where I received answers. Come on, get it in your heart. First fruits is the altar where I received answers. She talked about that scripture that talks about to give to the Lord the first of your produce. That is the first fruits. And what it is is, is very simple. That's what that scripture is talking about is that the first guarantees the rest. So I wanted to take a real practical um, approach to first fruits today. And I want to tell you a story first. All right, I'm gonna tell you a story. It's, it's first. It's in First Samuel one. It's a story about Hannah. I don't know if you know this. I'm I'm a keeper of uh, facts that really don't mean anything. But Hannah is, I think, one of the only words that are spelled backwards and forwards the same way. H a n n a h. Um, 
Hannah is one of my sheroes because she came to a place where she was desperate for something that the Lord at that time had basically told her no. Just read the story. I don't have to prove it to you. So what I'd like you to do is, is not listen to this story with the same familiar ears that you have heard this story before, but I want you to listen with new ears. I want you to listen with ears that uh, can push you through, not only in this first fruit season, but through to the rest of the year. Um, yeah, one of the reasons why I'm telling this story and doing first fruits uh, message today this way is because, like I said, this is a message that I need personally for myself. Uh, I know that I have been first fruits every year since we started. Um, and to be honest with you, in the beginning, I was super excited because of the things that I was asking the Lord for. And, and the Lord has blessed me. It, I cannot say that he has not. Um, but I also will say that there are some things that he has not answered yet. Um, can I just be honest with you? And, and, and when, I, when I see people come and tell testimonies, and sometimes it's the same people uh, every time, I'm just trying to expose your inner conversations. It's, it's like it's, it's for them and not for me. That good? I see you look on your face. That, that part right there, I want to address it because I think it's the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is, oh, Lord, it's first fruit season again. Is it going to be different this time? Am I going to receive what I'm believing as a result of my first fruits? Did, 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 did the room just get heavy all of a sudden? Maybe that's maybe the Lord was telling the truth when He was saying this is the way we need to go. And I think it's cool that pops is. I'm sorry. I'm, I think it's cool that Bishop isn't here this morning uh, because I think we can, you know, air your dirty draws out. You know what I mean? <laughs> air your dirty draws out and get them get them clean before he get back. So that, so that we can approach this first fruit season with a whole lot more faith than we have. And I'm, you know what, I'm taking this from standing here in the front of the church right before we, we pray for people regarding first fruits and seeing how many of you did not even pledge. Seeing how many of you have not even started even giving. I know a lot of us are giving on, online, but you know, we come up here in order to get uh, prayed for and that kind of thing. And I think the 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 um the commitments are low. And and what I want to do is inspire you to be obedient to God. So I want to tell this story and uh, like I said I'm telling it to myself as well and um and I'm and I'm and I'm telling it to you to inspire you. So Father before we get into your word, we just want to uh, be, be in a place where we will receive or be receptive to something that is an old or an ancient principle or something that we need to be an actuality and a reality and a, something new for us today. We admit that we are confined in this human body and therefore we are not aware of all of the things that you are doing and sometimes our, your timing is a little bit confusing to us and the, your definition of good is a little bit more difficult for us and your ways of doing things are simply not our ways but we have decided Lord to at least listen with different ears. Lord would you change our hearts based off of what we hear and plant faith there as we hear just like your word says. I thank you, Lord, for giving us the courage to obey. And not just obey because we're supposed to obey, but give us the courage to obey in faith that this is going to be an unprecedented time of first fruits for our church. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. First Samuel 1, we find 
Hannah, uh, now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And his sons and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. Right there, I want you to see that, that Eli, uh, I'm sorry, Elkina is who I'm talking about. Elkina was doing this every year, say every year. Um, I want you to see that Elkina might have had a little bit of the thing that we might have a little bit of, you know, that familiarity with that tradition that no longer has spirit or faith or unction, you know what I mean? And it's nothing wrong with the tradi tradition. There's nothing wrong with the seed. Sometimes the, the seed is not the issue, it's the seed, it's the, the land in which it's planted. Sometimes you gotta break up that fallow ground so that that seed that's supposed to go there can receive it. So every year, Elkinah would go to the, to the priest. When the day came for Elkinah to sacrifice, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord closed her womb. That's, when, that's what I mean by the Lord had said no. Listen, the Lord does say no. And when he does, it's always for a reason. It's, it's never just for the ham fat of it. And what I also want you to see is we don't pray to change God's mind because the God always has a plan. He knows exactly what's going to happen. We don't pray to manipulate God. It's impossible. You cannot manipulate him with prayer. I know that, that he's always wanting our faith to happen, but the, Lord, the Bible says, uh, uh, sorry, Samuel said that the Lord had closed her womb. In other words, there wasn't nothing she could do to get her, make herself pregnant. I don't know about you, but I have some things that, quite frankly, at least for the last 10 years, the answer has been no. And it, it could be really discouraging to see the things that are happening in other people's lives and then be asking the Lord for the same thing, just one little thing, and the, and the answer, and his answer being no. I want to I expose the elephant in the room. The Lord does that sometimes. You know why he does it? It's because he wants to get all of the glory. You know why? You know why another reason why he does it? In fact, let me step aside really quick and get this shameless plug. You want to go to IamButtNaked.com. I am B-U-T-N-A-K-A-D-E-D.com. For the last few weeks, I've been talking about this, this, this thing, especially the last couple of weeks, about, about being so concerned about the goal, so concerned about the end result. So concerned about getting there, whether we talk about driving, whether we talk about having sex, whether we talking about putting food in the microwave or cooking, we're all about the end result. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord is not just about the end result, but he's about who you are becoming along the way. And if you are so quick to get to the end, you're going to miss some stuff along the way. And what that's gonna have, what's going to happen is you're going to have to go back again over that thing because the Lord is not going to give you your dreams at the, at the expense of your character. So he's waiting on you to be in the moment and ride the wave and, and, and find out what it is God is doing while you're in the moment. Even in the tough moments, God is working something in you. He's working something through you. He's working something on you. He's working a story that's going to be, that's going to give him glory on the other end. So don't you be so quick to get past and through and get the answer because God is working something in your life right now, even when his answer is no. 
So don't be discouraged because his timing is perfect. And he wants nothing more but to bring, than to bring your, his dream for your life into existence. But he, into existence. But he wants your character to be formed along the way. So it's on you to be, to be at a point where you are settled in his timing. Settled in the way that he wants to do things. Settled in how, in, in, the, in the steps that he takes. So don't be so in a hurry. So the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 6, her, her rival, however, would provoke, provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It had, uh, I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes it ain't even got to be, um, it doesn't even have to be uh, uh, people who say something. But you could, you, could, you could flip through Instagram and get and, and feel attacked. Your emotions get attacked. You start comparing yourself to that pretty picture that people put up. Uh, you start hearing good news of what other people are, are going through and happening and uh, people getting rings and people having babies and people buying homes and people getting new cars and people changing, uh, ch changing locations and going on vacations and doing all that stuff. And nobody ever hasn't said nothing to you, but there's an attack because something, is go something that you want is going on in somebody else's life. I think sometimes you got to shut your shut your eyes. And, and today we talked about it in the, in the, in the, in the um in the class today is um, um is keeping your eyes on the Father. And it keeps us from from getting in serious trouble. Penina was provoking her bitterly. It happened year after year, say year after year. I don't know about you, but that year after year keeps staring me in the face. That dog on year after year, that year after year. And even though there has been year after year, the Lord still has a plan. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would, she would provoke her. So she wept and would not eat. When then Elkina, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why you crying, girl? Go on, eat something. Why are you sad? Ain't I not better than you, than ten sons? Husbands, take a, a word from Samuel. The next verse was, then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Did you see what happened? He asked her a question. And, and to keep from being disrespectful. <laughs> because the question, you know how you just, you just have to, that's, that's what I do. I just, I just, I don't even want to answer that question. <laughs> it, it, it was not a good question. <laughs> you know what I mean? What she did was she just stood up and went on to the temple. Husbands, take a, take a, take, take a look at this Samuel. He's trying to give you a clue. Be careful about them questions you answer. <laughs> you could further provoke her. Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. She made a vow ha, and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on, my, on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come to his head. It was like in that moment, 
It was like the Lord was waiting on that moment. He wasn't waiting on her sacrifice that she made every year. He wasn't waiting on her, um, the tradition is what I mean. He wasn't waiting on that thing that she always does. She, he, he wasn't waiting on that double portion of her husband, you know, whatever it is, we're going to figure it out. Actually, I think it might be. You know, I took the thing off my back. Yeah. Come on, let me see. Yeah, yeah. She, he wasn't waiting on that, that, that same old thing that she was doing. You understand what I'm trying to say? He wasn't waiting on, but he was waiting on something new. That flip, that switch that went, that goes from something that I do every year to that same thing that I do every year, but with a little something else mixed in it. With a something, with, with a little bit of something else. In, in the pot. And that, that thing was simple. It was two things. Two things that she put, I see in, the, in that statement. She said she had faith and she had, and she made a promise. She said, I'm going to give, I'm going to give them to you if you give them to me. Let's keep reading real quick. Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Oh, oh wait, wait. No, no. Okay, verse 12. Now it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving. You know them prayers? Well, I ain't even got no voice for what I'm saying. I don't know about you, but sometimes I do. I pray without ever, really sometimes without ever moving my, my mouth. But in my heart, I'm crying out to God. Um, so Eli thought she was drunk. Then Eli said to her, how long are you going to be drunk? Put away your wine, lady. But Hannah replied, I am not, no, my Lord. I am a woman who is oppressed in spirit. Let me stop right there. Sometimes the things we want from God can oppress our spirits. And I think the challenge is we have wanted the things we want from God more than we want God. I know that this is something that the Lord is challenging me with. You, you, uh, we treat prayer as a place where we make requests instead of treating prayer where we can exchange our DNA, where we can exchange our, our propensity, where we can exchange our life of humanity for the life of, of, of God and, and holiness and spirituality and righteousness. And, and then to be, to be a different person as a result of our relationship with God. This is what God was looking for. There was something, she wanted a son, but she wanted it, what she, what she wanted was to give God her son. Do, do you see that? And I think that's why the Lord did what he did. Let's keep reading. 
But Hannah replied to the Lord, I'm not depressed. I'm not drunk. I'm, 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 I'm pouring out my heart before God. Do not consider your maid servant a worthless woman, for I have spoken unto now uh, out of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli said to you, go in peace, and may the Lord God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. She said, well, let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the woman went up, got her. She ate something. She wasn't know she was, she was hungry again. Her face was no longer sad. She changed, she changed her countenance. And then she rose up early the next morning, worshiped the Lord. And then Elkina and she done did the do. Do, do. Mm-hmm. They made it do what it did and did what it do. Understand? And that next year, she birthed a son. I'm just reading on through. We get, by the time we get down to, to verse 21, Elkina's saying, I'm going up to, the, to, the, um, to, the, to, to worship. She kept the boy for three years, weaned him. I can only imagine the conversation she was having with him for those three years. And, and then it was, when it was time, she kept her promise. Turn to somebody and say, she kept her promise. After she kept her promise, she ended up having five more children, five more children. My God, five more children. I got about 10 minutes. I'm going to tell you three things, all right? There are several things up under. There's four things up under these three things, and I'm just going to read them through. It's going to be really quick. Based off of this story, based off of this season of first fruits, I want to take a very practical way of thinking, pre presenting things, and then you're going to add your faith to the practicality, and then we're going to see what God's going to do. That good? All right, so here's good. What should you believe about first fruits? Very simple. Number one, that first fruits is a biblical principle. This is not something that Bishop just dreamed up on his on his in, inside of his, his inside of his head. He's a pretty brilliant guy. Man, one of the most brilliant men I know. But this, this first fruits principle is from the word of God. Number two, that first fruits is different than tithing. It's not the same thing. So when you tithe, you already know what the amount is. If I make a certain amount, uh, one of the things that I do is I just move the decimal point one, one place to the, uh -huh, to the left. Going to the right, you add money. <laughs> you move it to the left, and then you, you what, the, <laughs> and and you give ten percent off of what you receive. Now, a little trick. It's not a trick. It's actually very important wisdom. If you tithe from your net, then when you get your tax return, you owe the Lord ten percent. Just put it out there. Say what it is. We'll leave it alone. That's your tithe. We learned last week that a tithe is not just a tenth, it's the first off the top. Now, your first fruits is different from that. The first fruits is, an, um, is, is the beginning of your harvest and it guarantees the rest of the, of the year. So it's an amount that you affix to what, but between you and God, that you affix to what you want the Lord to do for you throughout these years, throughout the rest of the year. In other words, if you're still giving your first fruits in June, it is no longer a first fruits. You understand? So what's going to happen is then within the next nine weeks, the Lord is going to bless you with them four figures. 
You got, you got to believe God for him to provide this seed that he wants you to give. That seed is between you and the Lord. Then it ought to be something significant because I don't know about you, but I believe it's for some significant thing before God. Believe that first fruits is essential to your prosperity, your prosperity as a, as a person all the way around. Everything that you do is, and I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking also about your relationships. I'm talking about your health. I'm gonna, you're going to hear some really amazing testimonies about health and relationships and prosperity. But the, these things are attached to your first fruits and what you want. You think you was blessed last year from just giving tithe and offerings. I wonder what would happen if you had the courage to give first fruits. This, another thing I want, we want you to believe is this is a year of unprecedented opportunity for those who obey God. I want you to catch the wagon while it's, while it's going. Somebody turn somebody, look them square in the face, say move with the cloud. Turn somebody out and say move with the cloud. Turn somebody else, say, the cloud of glory is moving. Now turn somebody else, say, move with the cloud. If you go down, when the cloud is gone, that's it. You have to, we'll have to wait till next year. But I want you to go ahead and, and know that this year is going to be an unprecedented opportunity to those who obey God regarding giving. Number three, I want you to know how and to execute first fruits. All right? If that's the case, we're going to talk to you about that in just a moment. What is the most important idea? Very simple. Here's what I want you to see. That God sees your first fruit as an altar. And when you give it, he obligates himself to answers. Man, I love that. The, the first fruits is the altar that obligates God to answers. First fruits is the altar that obligates God to answers. I want God to be obligated to me. The, in Proverbs, it says that he will not owe anyone. That means he makes good on what is said he's going gonna to do. You understand? God, God don't write no IOUs. Understand? He, he makes good on what he says he's going to do. That all right? Number two on what the most important idea. God wants you to experience prosperity through your obedience. This is how the Lord decides to participate with you with regard to your, to your first fruits and to your uh, blessing as a result of first fruits. Because he uses your obedience and he blesses you with prosperity. Number three, if you will obey God in generosity, he will multiply he will respond with multiplied reciprocity. If you obey God with generosity, he will respond in multiplied reciprocity. Another way of saying this is you can't beat God giving. You can't beat God giving. You can't outgive God. As soon as you obey him, he's going to take that seed and he's going to multiply it into everything that you need. Not just what you need, but what you want. And you should ex be expecting that for this year. Number four, under the most important ideas, if you will be generous with your gift, then he will be gracious with his goodness. Just another way of saying what I just said. If you will be generous with your gift, he will be gracious with his goodness. You can take that to the bank. Last important thing. What should we do as a result of what we understand? 
What should we do as a result of what we understand? Number one, consider how good God has been. Consider how good God has been. Think about the times that you should have been dead. Think about the times that that car just missed you. Think about that stupid mistake that was overlooked. Think about that, that investment that went awry, but you still, your head is still above water. Think about, about your children who are still with you. Think about, <clears throat> think about all that God has done and is still doing. Think about it. Because when you remember what God has done, then you remember what he's capable of. That's how we go to him in faith. Because when you remember who he is and what he's capable of, that, 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 uh, 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 that produces an atmosphere of faith when you re realize who he is. Remember that prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Let me stop right there. Why, I wonder why we had all of that first before give us this day our daily bread. Because if when you remember his that he is your father, and you remember how who he is, that he's your healer, that he's your shepherd, that he's Jehovah, that he is your provider, that he is, he is, the, he is the banner. You know what I mean? When you remember the nature of who he is, then, then that presents an atmosphere where you can have faith. It faith for what you need from him. You need to cons consider how good he is. Number two, agree on an amount and then hear and obey. Agree on an amount and then hear and obey. Those of you who are married, you need to uh, agree on an, on an amount. It's okay. If you cannot agree, just add it together. Add the number, your number and his number. Add it together and say thank you. I bet you one of y'all uh, submit this, this now. <laughs> I bet you that. I was in a in a um, in a um, in a seminar in, no, in November, and we were talking about how to have an irresistible marriage. And what he said was, what he said was uh, that t in order to have an irresistible marriage, all you have to do is have a sub submitting contest. Who can submit to who the best? Shouty. I dare you. That's a little side note. Agree on an amount and hear and obey. Those of you who are single, you have two places to go. Those of you who are single, you have two places to go. The first place is between you and the Lord. If you can't hear from God, then I don't know if you are ready to be married. I didn't want to hear that part. It's all right. I'll just say it again. That's all I'm just saying again. If you can't hear from God for yourself, I don't know if you are ready to, to be married. It's very important that you're able to handle yourself before you're able to handle somebody else. That's the one, one place you have to go. The second place that you can go is to your connection group leader. You can always say, look, I, I'm thinking about this amount. What do you think? And according to your connection to your connection group leader, they'll say, oh, that's dope. Or 
maybe you ought to push yourself a little bit more, right? Or maybe you ought to go back to the drawing board, ask again. You always have somewhere to go. In other words, you ain't, you, you're not naked out here. We, we haven't left you out here. But you, you have somewhere to go if you're single as well. And I, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's, it's, it's a good habit if you want to be married to, to take your major decisions to someone who you can submit them to. That's good wife training or husband training. Somebody single sitting next to you, say wife training or husband training, say, say it to them right quick. All right, once you, once you know the amount, you need to hear and obey. Once you hear the amount, you need to obey, as in you need to, to find where it is and do it immediately. Number three, give with an attitude of gratitude. If you give with an attitude of this is what I got to do, or give with a begrudgingly, begrudging thing, that's not obedience. Because the Lord requires your immediacy, he, he requires your, your good attitude, and he requires your complete obedience. That is what true obedience is. So give with an attitude of gratitude. Now, what are you thanking God for? Number one, thank him for, for giving you the seed. And then two, you're thanking him for the results of the seed. And we are believing for the results of these seeds in 2019. Last thing, think about the ways to gather the amount. Think about the ways to gather the amount. Think about the ways to gather the amount. In other words, I don't want you to be looking up in the sky and say, Lord, just rain it down. It's a gonna come. It's a gonna come from on high. No, ma'am. You're gonna have to go <laughs> to your bank account, to your budget, uh-huh, and do your part. Go to some of you got savings and a nest egg. Maybe the Lord might tap that. I know some of us are waiting for uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the tax return. Whatever it is, the Lord will provide seed for the sowers. So how many sowers I have in the room? And we're going to find out because if you are a sower, then the Lord is going to provide the seed. That good? Last thing right before we go. Give in faith and expectancy by making a clear list of what you want from God. Hannah wanted a son, not a daughter, not twins. She wanted a son, specifically. She was specific about what, what she was believing for. We've heard the story over and over again about David Youngie Cho, how he wanted a, a desk, a bike, and a chair. And the Lord waited three months for him to say, why haven't you given it to me? And the Lord told him, well, you ain't tell me what kind of bike, desk, and chair. And as soon as he got specific, he got exactly what he asked for. Sometimes we haven't been specific enough because the Lord wants to reiterate and he wants to remind you of the, of the life that lies in, the, in your tongue. And sometimes silence is consent for where you already are. And when you give in faith and when you make a specific request, and you make a list of things that you want from God. Now the Lord and the angels have something to work with. Pop just said many times, some of y'all angels is angels is your wings is like this here. Just atrophy. It's supposed to be up here like this, but your wings like this here. 
like a butterfly. But what the Lord wants is that you, he wants to go and gather what belongs to you. Remember, first fruits is not a way to manipulate God. Praying and fasting and giving, all that is not a way to manipulate God. All of that is a way to get your life and your character and your nest to change so that you can be prepared to handle the blessings that God wants to give you because he wants to bless you, but not at the expense of the character. Remember, this is not about just the results. This is not just about the goal. This is about who you are becoming along the way. This is about the journey. This is about the process. Sometimes you just need to slow down and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to do this your way. And I'm going to give you what I owe you. And I owe it to you because I promised you. Just like Hannah promised God. Man, she would promise him to give him the very thing that she wanted. That's what she did. She promised him the very thing that she wanted. I think maybe because she knew if she could have one, she could have five. She knew that if she could just have one, then it wouldn't even matter about what the rest of it because the Lord doesn't do things small. He always does it big. 